It had finally happened. The moment that I had been waiting years, decades for. As I stepped off the plane into the humid, sunny morning, two thoughts hit me at once. Firstly, it was winter, and it was stickier than even the hottest Adelaide summer day. And secondly, I had finally made it to Bali. Kate and I arrived out of Denpasar Airport to the regular big city sounds of construction to see what must have been a thousand drivers outside the airport pressed up against the gate, holding signs with names of people that they had planned to pick up. We walked up and down, unable to get a fix on anyone holding up either of our names. We were looking for Katut, the guy who owned the villa that we had booked out for that week. After about 15 minutes, we spotted him in the crowd. He was a bit shorter than the others, so his sign held above his head was getting a bit lost in the sea of cardboard that surrounded it. We climbed into his Tarago and headed off towards our destination, the town of Ubud, an hour's drive north. It all seemed pretty normal for the first 30 seconds or so, until it seemed that all traffic rules were there for decoration at best, as people on mopeds started weaving around us really close, overtaking us, people on their own, men, women, children, some people riding three to a seat. I even saw a lady steering with one hand and carrying an infant child over her shoulder with the other. For the whole hour, I was part fascinated, part hoping with all my heart that we didn't have a collision with anyone. Our villa was paradise, a complete oasis. We spent most of our time there in the pool or by the pool, drinking from fresh coconuts. When we ventured into Ubud, which I found out was where Julia Roberts' movie Eat, Pray, Love was filmed, we experienced the frenzy of the Ubud market, the surreal monkey forest, and something that I haven't been able to get out of my head. At the local mall, you could pay money to sit on the ledge of a giant fish tank with your legs hanging in and the fish nibble and clean your feet. Yes, yes, you pay money for this. And there was a pretty healthy queue of people too. The week flew by and we booked our accommodation for the same time the following year, already excited to return before we'd even left. So as the new year rolled around, I excitedly jumped online to book our airline tickets, went to click purchase with a very quietly contented smile on my face when a notification popped up that the virus referred to as COVID-19 had just been considered to be a global issue and that no travel insurance company was willing to cover the trip. Did I still want to purchase anyway, it asked? Hmm. I hovered and hovered. Begrudgingly, I clicked cancel and said to Kate, look, I'm sure this will sort itself out in the next month or so. Then we'll book our tickets and get back there ASAP. Well, that was over two years ago. Our kids are now a bit older, the oldest in year 12 this year, so getting away right now seems impossible. And we're heading into the dark of winter yet again, and we find ourselves sneaking into conversation, little reminders of our tranquil, balmy little oasis away from everything. So for now, it's our gas imitation log fire, which incidentally guests can't believe isn't real, warm couch blankets, and keeping a lookout for coconuts, which we can drink from while sitting by the pool the pool that forms under our front veranda when the winter rain gets really heavy.